Aliens Explored is a podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? In 2014, scientists first heard a unique alien-like sound coming from the depths of the Mariana Trench in the Pacific Ocean. Some have said that the complex structure of these sounds, their frequencies and a distinct metallic edge reminded them of Star Wars sound effects. Could these sounds be emanating from extraterrestrial bases hidden deep beneath our oceans or do they just speak to another aspect of how little we actually know about deep sea life on our planet? Join us on Aliens Explore as we delve into the mysteries of the strange sounds coming from the Mariana Trench. Welcome listeners to Aliens Explored, your weekly podcast where we discuss otherworldly things. I don't know. <laughs> lost it then. Yeah. Lost your thread in one sentence. Yeah, yeah otherworldly. Yeah. I was doing so yeah, what, well. What are we going to call this point. stuff anyway? <laughs> and I am one of your hosts, Stu Jackson. And I'm your other host, Neil Kelly. And hello. This hello indeed. Have you been keeping Neil? Yeah, yeah, very well, thank you. It's been a been a little while. I mean, we talk to each other quite a lot because we do two podcasts, don't we? We Disney do, yeah. And so, Tales from the Twenty Side, the actual play. Yeah, which Pathfinder uh, role playing game. Yeah, which I had to cry off of on Monday. Sorry about that. I hope we can reschedule soon. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, we'll <laughs> get that sorted. Um, but yeah, but uh, I know you've been uh, been working quite a bit lately. Um, um, I have a job which is a mornings job, um, so it means I have to get up at six o'clock every morning to get there. But I'm usually home before midday, so I, every day. So I hate it. any day that has two six o'clocks in it. <laughs> I, I think that's obscene <laughs> or, and unnatural. Or two seven o'clock, or two nine o'clock, or, or, or two yeah, yeah ten o'clock. Two of anything really is not good. <laughs> you're, 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 a, you're not quite a twelve-hour man. <laughs> Indeed, it, it's um, a state of mind, isn't it? It's just you know you just have to think of it as it's just a time. It's a, it's not early or late. It's just have you had enough sleep? Yeah, it's it's quite arbitrary where we say you know. Mm. But I think we, a lot of it's to do with sort of sunrise and sunset, but. Yeah. It, it is to do with that. I also find it's harder for me to go to bed early than to get up early. I think, well, I should really go to bed because I've got to be up at five o'clock in the morning. So, but it's it's only nine o'clock. I'm not going to bed at nine o'clock, even though that is the only way I'll get my eight hours sleep. Oh, I I have this horrible thing where if I go to bed and like you know I'll be there like seven eight o'clock in an evening, absolutely shattered sometimes, mm. and falling asleep in front of the sofa. So I say, right, I'll go to bed then. So I'll go to bed like nine o'clock, and what I find is eleven o'clock. I'm wide awake. Mm. Uh, you know, I've, I've I've gone to sleep. I've slept for two hours. I am wide awake at eleven o'clock, and then I'm a wide awake through till five a.m. 
<laughs> well, you, you might think you are. Have you have you ever had that dream that you're lying in bed awake looking at the ceiling? No. I, I, I know this because I'm a married man. And um, I, I have had that where I've been lying in bed awake looking at the ceiling. And then my wife will nudge me and say, turn over, you're snoring. And I'll say, but I'm awake. And she'll say, no, you're not. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm. Maybe you get more sleep than you realise. Well, it's interesting you mentioned snoring because that's a lot of what today's episode is about. Well, not so much snoring, but strange, otherworldly noises. Which describes my snoring, I think. So Which no, describes your no, snoring very well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Artfully done. <laughs> I do try. I I do try. Um, but yes, yeah, so we are talking about the Mariana Trench, and because uh, back in 2014, uh, some divers, some scientists, um, found these strange noises coming up. And uh, in fact, let's let's have a listen to the noises now. So there you are. I mean, really strange sounding noises, mm. um, I think, there. Uh, I can give you some scientific information about the noises. Uh, they are lasting between... So so the one we've heard mm. is uh, one of these sounds, and, and it was played on a loop. Um, but these noises last between 2.5 and 3.5 seconds. Um it goes to frequencies as low as 38 hertz and can go as high in that sort of metallic end piece uh, that can go as high as 8,000 hertz. Uh, so it's, it's a really, really big range of sounds. It certainly, to me, uh, it, so this has been nicknamed the Western okay. Pacific Biotwang. But that, that's all within our audio range, isn't it? It says humans can hear sounds between 20 hertz and 20,000 hertz. Yes. So yes, it's, it it's is. at the low end of our range. It is, but I, I mean, to me, it strikes me as, as quite a wide range. Um, hmm. But perhaps it's, perhaps in general. Is it of course it, the things it's not then? Is it know. the equivalent of being able to sing every note on the piano? I, that's a very good question. Uh, that's something our listener can can look up and perhaps let us know. Any any scientific musicians out there who can tell us what, what that would be equivalent? How many octaves does that represent? That range In, of thirty eight to eight thousand hertz. Indeed, um, and I mean, speaking of scientific musicians, our eagle-eared listeners uh, will have noticed that actually, I forgot to mention this in the introduction, we got all sidetracked, um, but uh, of course we have a new theme tune now. Yeah, very it's catchy. very exciting. Yep. Yeah, um, <laughs> well, it's atmospheric, I don't <laughs> know if catchy is the right word, <laughs> uh, but it's certainly, uh, I hope you like it, listeners. Uh, I can tell you it is, it's actually created by a very good friend of ours, Darren Mafucci. Um, it's from his EP Searching for Monsters and it is the uh, the title song 
with the same name. Uh, you can find his stuff by going to searchingformonsters.bandcamp.com. I'll put a link in the description uh, for you. But, uh, but yeah, so a big thank you to Darren for letting us use your uh, your music as our theme. It, it's quite an honour for us. Um, and we like it. We think it's very fitting. Yeah, so so coming back onto track with the Mariana Trench, then. Mm. Uh, so what did you what did you make of this this sound, Neil? When you heard it, it, it is a very odd sound. It's a you know a, a metallic kind of sound. But I I know that um, whales can make very very odd sound, but. Even if it's not a whale, I mean, who knows what's down in the Mariana Trench? The Mariana Trench is something like 30, 36,000 feet deep, or um, 10,000, well, just, just shy of 11,000 metres for our European listeners. Um, so imagine how high a, a, an airliner flies in the sky when it's at its, its cruising height. So that's how far down below sea level the Mariana Trench goes. Um, I know that we probably know less about what's at the bottom of the sea than what we know that's about what's in space. Um, the difference is we know that there's life way down deep. We it's not it's not um, it's not controversial to suggest that there are life forms down there that we've never encountered. Whereas mm. when we look at the heavens, we think, well, there's so much of it. There are so many millions of galaxies. So many potentially habitable planets surely we haven't got all this to ourselves it's it's that kind of you know at, at the very least um even even the most skeptic skeptical person with regards to ufos and extraterrestrial beings has to concede that that it's it's a vast amount of space and are we are you really saying we're the only this is the only planet in the in all that for the billions of planets the only one that supports life but there are i can i can, I can yeah. tell you from personal experience there are plenty of people who do think like that um yeah. you know i mean generally it tends towards the more religious people who say well no god created this planet for us to use um well, and I, that's I mean, it I know we've 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 wandered into the the, the field of religion before when we were asking mm. about whether Jesus Christ was an extraterrestrial. But of course, at the time, people were writing the Bible; they had no understanding of the vastness of space. They they thought stars were were fairy lights in the sky. They couldn't conceive of distances in light years. They couldn't conceive that that, that it, they thought the sun went round the earth because um, because that's what it looks like and Galileo hundreds of years later was imprisoned by the Spanish Inquisition for suggesting otherwise but that actually when you go back a couple or three thousand years that there, there were plenty of civilizations that knew that we did go around the Sun mm. um, and that they might not have perhaps had uh, concepts about you know the the edge of the universe like we do mm. um, but certainly astronomers were um, were a thing you know going back thousands of years so yeah. i think perhaps it's, it's perhaps a disservice to just say ah they thought it was like you know pinholes in the curtain of night or mm. or, or whatever it's it's nice and fanciful to say that but uh, i think um sort of ancient knowledge was better than what we think yeah you know? it's just a but that, of how widely it was known that, that, that well, ancient knowledge 
that's absolutely but um that is going um down a bit of a <laughs> yeah a bit of a rabbit hole away but, from where what we're talking about here today but, uh, and, as you say the suggestion of extraterrestrials does challenge the uh, the the assertion that we are created in god's image and we are we are his chosen ones and it does for some, um, and yeah. I've known of other religious. So um, we don't want to tar all religious people with the same brush. Um, mm. I've known of other uh, very devout Christians who say, "Well, yeah, um, I can accept that God created us and created these other life, this other life as well." Mm. You know, so um, yeah, it's not all. Um, <laughs> Not yeah. all Christians. <laughs> not all Christians. No. Let's let's we, let's get into generalisation. As soon as you get into generalisation, you're going down a rabbit hole, aren't you? And we have definitely digressed mm. well away from the topic here. So, yes. so you're absolutely right in what you're saying that um, that the Mariana Trench does contain a lot of unknown life, um, and yeah. the the oceans in general. I mean, to say that it's what what is it two thirds of the uh, of the surface of the planet we know a tiny 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 fraction of them um, mm. it is the great unexplored and looking at that in of itself so you hear a lot of stories about potentially uh, underwater UFO bases mm. in ufology um, you get UFO sightings coming in and out of the water or, or quite often over the water and mm. we've certainly seen that in some of the episodes um, footage released by the Pentagon you know you've, you've mm. got strange tic tac shaped um, aircraft flying over water at great speeds um, now if if so I'm going to give you a hypothetical here. If uh, extraterrestrials were to come to Earth and were going to establish a base, under the water is the perfect place to do it. If you want to remain hidden. If, uh, as long as you have the capability. I mean, if you're thinking of the technologies that we know, that we have, um, we don't have craft that can fly and also dive to the bottom of the ocean. Well, they, no, but and certainly not travel through space and then come <laughs> and, then, and then enter our atmosphere and dive straight to the bottom of the ocean and stay there. But that that's a. So, I mean, if they can if they can master interstellar travel, um, they're they're technologically way advanced uh, from us anyway. But mm. b, you're you're assuming that it would be the same vehicle. I mean, we have vehicles now that are almost like you. You remember Jerry Anderson's Thunderbirds, where you know yeah. you've got vehicles inside vehicles. So yeah. So what's to stop a UFO coming along and depositing a submergible vehicle? In, in fact, I, I'm old enough to remember Jerry Anderson's Stingray, where there's actually a civilization of these. Uh, there aqua people indeed. living at the bottom of the sea who create all <laughs> yeah. kinds of who swim around in giant giant tin fish and wreak all kinds of havoc maybe they came from the stars who knows um but yeah so so the feasibility of this in in my mind is quite strong that you know there there could well be these extraterrestrials under the water already and and the idea that this this Western Pacific bio twang, this mm. this strange sound that's been recorded from the Mariana Trench, it certainly sounds artificial to me. Oh, 
Did but it not you? What what I know about whales, I once went whale watching in New Zealand in my youth and we went out on this I, boat. I, I'll just interject before you tell the story. You, so you've mentioned whales a couple of times. Is there yeah. a particular reason you're mentioning whales? Um, yes. Um, I, I read an article where um, this this sound we're talking about, which was dubbed the, uh, the Western Pacific bio-twang, um, a lot of scientists are suggesting it could be from a, a kind of minka whale, which is... Um, which has baffled scientists before with it with its strange noises. Um, so, I'm trying to think. Okay. Of it. Well, that, oh, uh, all right. No, it's that, just it, the fact you'd mentioned whales a couple of times. I, I, I was yeah. trying to understand sort of why. Yeah. <laughs> what the connection was. Okay, I'll, I'll address that in just a moment. But uh, carry on with your story, then, please. Um, yes. So that the the, the, the minka whale has had has had some past form in creating strange noises in somewhere else, um, which I can't quite find, but um, it, it baffled scientists for a while and then they realised it, it was the uh, a call of these minka whales. What's, what's unusual about the Mariana Trench sounds is that at first they thought it would be a mating call, but it seems to be a year-round thing. It happens way out of mating season, so perhaps it's another kind of communication. But... Mm. Uh, as I say, I went out on this this thing about whales. I went out on this boat to whale watch, and um, we had a, a, a depth gauge, a digital depth gauge in the passenger area where we could see how deep the water was. And it suddenly it, it went from sort of you know the usual kind of depth going slowly up to you know, hundred feet deep, and then suddenly it plunged and it was three miles deep. Um, mm. This just this this shelf that we went over, and we found these these sperm whales. And what we'd learned about them was that they hunt. And they eat octopus and they eat sharks and they eat all sorts of other things. And the way they hunt is with a sonic blast. This whale sound, they can release, it can travel huge distances um, and it can actually stun creatures. It can stun a shark enough that the whale could just then swim over and, and eat it at its leisure. So they have the a very powerful underwater sound. It's, so, it's incredible. I mean, it's the yeah. sort of thing you see in the... Um, in in the comic books and you know the superhero yeah. powers you yeah know, i'll blast you with my sonic, sonic blast yeah. <laughs> yeah and and knock you out you know suddenly your whole world just starts shaking and yeah and then you get eaten um <laughs> yeah before you know what's before you know what's happened so yeah so um so yeah i i know that sort of whale song um can be very strange hmm. uh and uh, I'm not, obviously I'm I'm not familiar with all different types of whale song. I've heard uh, I haven't heard it mentioned about the minka whales, but I have heard mentioned that this might be sounds mm. made by baleen whales, um, which are a, a different type again. Um, I'm, I'm not sure I, they are different kind. Um, the, the minka whale is a type of baleen whale. Oh, right, according, okay. According to LiveScience.com. Right. I, I mean, I'm... Yeah, <laughs> my own demands so. me. I, I am no expert on whales at yeah. all. Um, 
Or the Welsh, for that matter. No, that's a joke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, for our, for our Welsh, just for, especially for our Welsh listeners. Um, yeah, it says in the article, because of the call's complex structure, frequencies, and metallic sounding conclusion, the researchers think that it most closely re- resembles the regionally specific calls that are produced by a group of dwarf minka whales off the northern coast of Australia. And th- those calls apparently sound a bit like Star Wars sound effects. Okay, uh, that'll be an interesting yeah. one to, um, to apparently go and several, to. Yeah, several types of minka whales in the survey area, but not much is known about their behaviour or their vocal behaviour. Okay, and do you know what? There's a partner of me that can accept um, that it might be something like that. But mm. where I get a little frustrated um, and... It is when when you see these articles and literally mm. so in doing research on this mm. for this I, I obviously you know went to Google um, other search engines are available um, and and I put in the you know Mariana train strange sounds and instantly I'm getting all these all these articles coming up um, instantly saying scientists have solved the mystery scientists have, mm. have determined what it really is and you look into it. You know, you scratch the surface below the headline, mm. and it's no, they haven't. They think they have. They think <laughs> it might possibly be this, or mm. it sounds similar to this other thing. So, actually, no, it's a load of crap. They haven't solved it at all. Mm. They just think but they might have an answer. I, I, I know um, how journalism works, where you can write the article, and then it's the sub editor who creates the titles. Oh, no, we can't have scientists think they might have solved something. This, you know. It, well, Massive breakthrough, scientific breakthrough has got to be the headline to get people to read and say, oh, actually, it's not much of a breakthrough, really. It's just a... Exactly. And, and you end up with another, basically, Doug and Dave from the Crop Circle world situation where, you know, someone says, oh, here's an answer, and the journalist pounces it and says, oh, that's it, case closed, it's all solved, let's go home. Yeah. Well, that's not the case here. It's not solved. We don't have an answer to it. Um, and, you know, I, I appreciate in given how deep this thing is, um, which you know the the Mariana Trench, I, I know you gave the you know it's it's the size of um, a, a, an aircraft flying. Um, oh. The uh, example that I've got is that it's almost as high, uh, almost as deep as Mount Everest is high. Oh. I mean, it's 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 an insane depth. Um, but it's also interesting to um, and and this I think you know the fact it is teeming with life which we're, mm. we're absolutely certain of um, shows that life can evolve under the most extreme of conditions which again supports this idea that there is life on other planets oh because look, if yeah. it can, I mean they, they found life in superheated water near a volcano haven't they that, that... Exactly, exactly. So, you know, the fact it has to have all these, you know, conditions that make up us. Well, no, yeah. if you if you want human beings, you have to have those conditions. If you want something different, you have different conditions. It's as simple as that. Yeah, um, but in, in so, terms of, you know, yeah. when, when we talk about monsters, or talking, you know, in the modern age, we talk about extra, extraterrestrials. But, you know, in hundreds of years ago, they, they believed in sea monsters. And they certainly believed in, in the Kraken. And, and that hasn't really mm. been disproved, that this idea that there's a giant octopus that occasionally will come up and, and take a ship down. But there was, uh, there was a whale um, that was sadly, it was washed ashore and, and mm. 
it was dead um there were scars along its body from a giant it, they think it yeah. was a, a, perhaps a giant jellyfish you know that okay. would have been as you know much bigger than the whale yeah oh, oh so, yeah i heard you know sucker sucker ring marks the size of dustbin lids yeah so so these monster sized creatures you know mm. definitely exist <laughs> it just yeah. but it comes back to the whole you know the oceans are so widely unexplored which makes them an ideal place for a ufo base um as mm. i say um that's my that's my thinking on that um so yes i i i can see what you're saying that about the whales thing um that there are some similarities but given the diversity of life on the planet and particularly in the oceans um mm. i think any artificial sound you're going to find a similarity to it somewhere um, mm. you know there are birds that whose whose um whose song sounds exactly like a ringing telephone for example yeah. well there are there are is it cockatoos that can mimic a telephone oh there's mimicking is one thing i'm saying naturally um mm. you know they sound similar so um so there's that but perhaps i'm arguing against my own point by saying mm. putting yeah. that out we, um, we know that you know deep in our oceans there are some very strange creatures adapted to live at depths where there's no light um Indeed, and enormous pressure, and yeah, intense cold. Um, yeah, but and, they're adapted to intense heat as well. Um, yeah. And you look at uh, something like the tardigrade, which is the I believe it's the the smallest animal known to exist. It's basically it's microscopic, but it is a an, an, an actual animal. Um, yeah, that can exist in pretty much any condition whatsoever. Mm. Uh, I think that might be the the answer to us um, sort of surviving, uh, like curing cancers and, yeah. and surviving is from this tardigrade. Um, well, I, I, fascinating I a, stuff. A popular toy with American children, a popular thing, was um, what they call sea monkeys, which mm. are basically shrimps, but they arrive in freeze-dried form. Uh, yeah, brine shrimp, packet. aren't they? Sorry? Brine shrimp, I believe. I, I'm, I think so, yeah. But basically, you mm. put them in a tank and they come to life and grow. Um, yeah. I mean, these, uh, these these creatures are capable of space travel because they can be freeze-dried. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We, we, I remember, so growing up, my parents had a, a, some uh, pet shops. Hmm. We used to sell it as, as live food for fish. <laughs> sea monkeys. <laughs> yeah, well, we didn't call them sea monkeys. We just called it brine shrimp. But uh, yeah, brine shrimp and bloodworm. They're sold in packets, in, yeah, but still alive. <laughs> yeah, um, right, on that macabre note, uh, <laughs> hmm. um, let's summarise, but I, I tell you, what, before we summarise, let, let's just listen to this sound again. So it's yeah, it certainly sounds to me to be it's a very strange sound. But what what what's your take on it? Do, do you just think it's whales then, and that's it? Well, I, I thought of you when I read the article. It said you know, that the calls sound a bit like Star Wars sound effects. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I know what a fan you are. 
Um, I, I'm, a, I'm but just to be clear, I'm a Trekkie, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is not to be mistaken for a Star Wars fan. Yeah, I, I, I like Star Wars. Yeah, I know you I'm like Star Wars too. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> um, yeah, I think there's there's so much down there that we we know it's there, but we we have limited resources for exploring it. So much that is part of our our natural world and is terrestrial in origin that I think yeah we have to go a long way before we start ascribing extraterrestrial argument. I can see your argument that yeah it's the perfect place to hide a UFO the perfect place to hide anything at the bottom of the ocean the mafia hide their bodies at the bottom of the ocean don't they so you know it's 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 not without precedent yeah so um yeah but yeah I'm I'm on this I'm, I'm inclined to I haven't seen enough to make me think, oh well, but that doesn't answer this or that doesn't answer that question. I'm, I'm going with, I'm going with some strange creature down there that we, we haven't encountered yet. Well, stop all the clocks, um, cancel the internet, uh, because do you know what? We agree, um, no. and I think we agree entirely. I think as you as you you point out, you know, yes, I'm going to fervently argue that that underwater is a fantastic place for UFO and I don't want to rule that out in this Hmm. case but as you rightly say there are so many strange creatures that make sounds that that could easily be replicated Hmm. um, in this way Um, or or certainly we know of enough creatures that sound similar enough that it's not beyond the realms of possibility Um, and there is so much uh, so many creatures we haven't encountered yet that yeah I'm mm. I mean I'm inclined to say that that's the most likely answer in this case. So stingray rather than UFO. Um, to, go, to go back to Jerry Anderson. Yeah, um, or or to pull in a Star Trek reference, um, you've got the whale song from uh, the Voyage Home, uh, Star Trek Four. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, so. Yeah, that's 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 it. We agree wholeheartedly on this one particular thing. Blimey, this is a monumentous first listeners. This has never happened before. <laughs> it's a monumentous episode. If, if this is the first one you've listened to, you need to go back and listen to all the rest because this has never happened. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but what do you think, listeners? Have we got it completely and utterly wrong? Is there something we've missed about this sound that rules out? The possibility of um, an existing you know, life form from this planet, um, or do you agree with both of us on this instance, um, and that it's nothing? I mean, it's still spectacular, the, you know, the the array of life we get on this planet. Um, so yeah, but is it is it? I don't want to use the word mundane in this case, <laughs> no. but is it something more earthbound? Uh, in this instance do let us know what you think by the usual methods by twitter by facebook um and you can find us on aliensexplored.com as well um and do let us know what you think of our new theme tune as well um we absolutely love it but yeah do let us know what you think and we'll pass your comments directly back to darren Absolutely, we'll tell him. Well, exactly the positive what ones. He's very he's sensitive. <laughs> <isn't he? laughs> 
we're all sensitive uh, mm. as creatives, but uh, but no. Um, do let us know what you think. And if you can spare a moment as well to leave us a review on your podcasting service, that would be fantastic and very much appreciated and will help other people to find this podcast in the future. So you'd be doing us a massive service there as well. Um. Don't forget to join us next time when we'll be looking at some of the pieces of information released by the CIA to the Black Vault. Um, so don't miss that one. In the meantime, keep watching those seas and the skies. And the skies as well. You know, to, yeah. I, I did listen to a podcast called uh, It Came From Outer Space and Also From the Bottom of the Ocean. So this, <laughs> this bit, What is this? A crossover episode? There you yeah. go. Um, but in the meantime, we will see you next time. Um, but for now, let's have another listen to that theme tune. Take care for now. Bye. Bye. Aliens Explored is a Fiegel Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit aliensexplored.com. <laughs>